Hi everyone, welcome back to the Humans of SDO podcast. This week I'm with Navina and Jamile, a researcher from SDU in marine biology, which specialty is in jellyfishes. That's true. Hello, good morning. So tell us why did you choose jellyfishes in the first place, because it's quite specific a topic. It is. Uh, they are amazing. They are not only beautiful, but also one of the oldest animals still existing. They are older than dinosaurs, but you can still touch them. So it makes them very interesting topic for biologists, especially for ecologists who are after understanding um, evolution of life in water, in our ocean. And maybe I should say when I was a master's student, that was an invasive species little small comp jelly coming to the Caspian Sea mm-hmm. and everyone was screaming and they said, oh, they kill our fish. And I was studying fish larvae. And that was for me the momentum to say, oh, my God, you know, just a new new invader, a new comer into a system can change the entire system. And that was why they attracted me to study and go on with a PhD with this topic. But I understood later on how beautiful they are and how amazing and diverse. That is what kept me still working on them. So where did you do your studies? So I moved to Germany to study and finish my PhD for four years. And after my PhD, I had the chance to further study jellyfish. But the main reason maybe was that this invasive species that we had it in the Caspian Sea came to the Baltic Sea Mm -hmm. at the same time. So when I started my PhD, no one was aware of this species. I mean, people knew about the story, but they never saw it before. And when I saw this little small comp jelly in Kiel Fjord, I was screaming, going upstairs uh, to the office of my mentor and say, Oli, look what I found. And he said, Scheiße. That was how the topic became also interesting for scientists and uh, also the opportunity to study further with, with the same topic. Okay, and now it has become a European project, your Go exactly. Jelly collaboration? Yes, and Go Jelly came after some years after my PhD, of course, because we not only have a new invader species in our European water, but also existing native species that becoming more and more, more frequently and more in biomass. So not everywhere is the same, but we have systems like Limfjord, a very good example, a system in Denmark where you have more jellyfish than before and you have more problems involved in this events where you have jellyfish blue. And GoJelly is trying to not only understand the ecology behind, to understand what is the main driver of jellyfish bloom, but also think differently and offer products and possible goods from the existing biomass. That is the main topic of GoJelly, meaning we, as I said, we are studying jellyfish ecology because they do belong to our healthy systems. They are not bad guys. It's us who are changing the habits and provide them more free niche and availability to grow faster because Mm -hmm. of warming to grow more because of many like substrates like the plastic trashes that we put into the sea and they are there so you can't ignore their existing what you can do is to turn them the nuisance to goods 
And within GoJelly, we were working on different types of products, for example, turning jellyfish for aquaculture feed to human food. Mm-hmm. We just published a cookbook for European or Western style cooking. We turned jellyfish biomass to be used as fertilizer and cosmetic products and very importantly extracting mucus to be used in a device what we called it filter to entrap microplastic and nanoplastic a bit what you're doing and it's uh, like very impressive all what you can do from just one animal thank you yes that's again we are talking about one source mm-hmm. for different products yeah and in particular about this cookbook that you recently published Uh, have you tried any of those recipes already? Because I've seen that in your workshops, you try to make people taste jellyfishes because it's not something that we are allowed to cook in Europe. That's true. I have to say that I'm the face of a big project. All the activities are done in different countries by mm-hmm. different partners. Therefore, the cookbook comes from Italy, where we have an Italian partner who is doing the research for at least the last 10 years. Okay. The outcome is the cookbook because we need first to understand how to process jellyfish biomass to be utilized for cooking. Because um, some parts are poisonous, I've seen. That is the first, but the main issue is that in East Asian countries, a jellyfish belongs to everyday cooking um, program. Mm-hmm. If not everyday cooking, at least two or three times a week they use jellyfish at least um, so i have to correct myself when i was in china i was told that jellyfish belongs to weekly program mm-hmm. that's that's the truth and they offered me a lot of jellyfish like the <laughs> n- noodle jellyfish um, salad uh, sushis a variety of products that they make out of one source like jellyfish but what was still not clear was the processing of the biomass in these countries um, at least what i know they process then dehydrate the biomass mm-hmm. by using aluminum salt yeah. and aluminum salt is poisonous too so and also the processing is not i mean using the aluminum salt for the environment is not okay i've heard that in china they changed to a new process but i'm not aware of the process itself However, my Italian partner was working on this process for years and they come up with their own ideas on how to prepare the fresh biomass for the cooking and dehydrate the jellyfish. And they patented their process, so it's now on the way for European patent. And they also filed a document to introduce jellyfish as novel food for European countries. Mm-hmm. Once it's done, once Europe accepted this raw material, this new resource as a novel food, then you can think of producing jellyfish for restaurants in Europe, especially in Denmark. So I actually have something that I'm wondering, since you say you have tasted a lot of jellyfish probably throughout the years. How would you describe the taste of jellyfish to our <laughs> listeners who might not have even thought about eating them? Yes. So let's uh, say the jellyfish that was processed is not the one that you see here around in Denmark. They don't use the moon jelly, for example, or the fire jelly. The better species is to is the one that has a very solid body, body 
So it is, it is really dense biomass that they tend to jellyfish for cooking. And they dehydrate the biomass means it's not like this, you know, slimy stuff that you might see around. So th that is different than what is in the nature. But it doesn't taste itself at all because it is, it is just a, a, a kind of structure like a, a cartridge similar like a structure that you chew and then you put taste on it like the soya sauce or other terms like if you put it in the noodle it's the sauce that brings the taste in therefore i don't hesitate to taste it again the problem in in china for example was that the taste that they provided didn't taste me uh, mm. i'm so used to another taste and i wish to have jellyfish with chocolate with strawberries you know wow. something, something okay. different and i hope that we go to this way very soon and very quick yeah one of the recipes uh, that was in the cookbook was some kind of soup with jellyfish in it and although the tagliatelle seems really amazing and i want to eat some kind of like trap tagliatelle which are jellyfishes but in a soup i would be too afraid as it's yeah squishy and it's not it's a very dense material mm -hmm. like, as i said it is something to chew and we have to get used to it that's the point you know we are biased by the fact that we are using you know vegetables and uh, other sources mm -hmm. in our everyday life to know that the food. future yes yeah. exactly and we have this biomass around so we have to really think differently so you have worked with jellyfish for how many years now? Uh, nearly 20 years now. 20 years, wow. Yeah. So what got you interested in biology in general? As I said, they are master of evolution. They are master of adaptation. And we are talking about a very diverse group. What people don't realize is that jellyfish is like the medusae, the one that you see, but it's not the case. We have over 100 species of comp jellies which are not true medusae we have several hundred of medusae species and we have those who you can't see because they are entirely on the polyp station like the sessile animals on the seafloor that you can't see and detect them um, all together makes them very interesting because they are really diverse and they pose features and traits that for biologists can reveal the mystery of life and we human have one developmental stage if if we just look at very very broad we change from embryo to human a jellyfish has at least five different developmental stage from the polyp to the larvae from the larvae to the medusae from medusae again to another larvae type and even if they are sessile, like they go to the seafloor and then settle down and then they turn to be a polyp, one polyp can produce a forest of different polyps. So in a very short time. Um, I can't talk about jellyfish until tomorrow because if you are interested in developmental ecology or biology, by cutting small larvae of some millimeter, very small larvae of comp jelly, you see how fast they heal their wound and they regenerate to a complete animal within a week, which is amazing. So you can be a biologist, you can be even technology, I mean, oriented or biotech interested, and then pick this animal as a model organism. 
I have probably a bit of a weird question yes. about jellyfish, but it's something that I've always wondered, actually. So have you seen the TV show Friends? A little bit of some, not all the series. Okay, <laughs> because in one of the episodes, one of the characters gets stung by a jellyfish, and then they say that something that helps with the burn or the pain is that if you pee on it. Is that true? Mm, not really, because first of all, as I said, we we are talking about diverse animals. Mm. So one like box jelly is not uh, the same as the fire jelly. Like oh, the, yeah. uh, so, but there is a scientific paper where they try to understand which that is working the best. And the, you know, the stinging cells going into the, your, your skin and that's what it hurts and might also release um, allergic reaction. The first and very and foremost action is to remove these cells from your skin, not by washing them, by just scraping the cell from the skin. That is the first thing that you have to do. Not putting, not beer, something alcoholic, please. Maybe seawater, because they are in seawater, nothing else. And scrape with the card, with the stone, whatever you have around. Then neutralizing the area with uh, vinegar, Mm -hmm. if you have them around. There are uh, beaches in in Australia, for example, where they offer vinegar in uh, first aid kits. Okay. Yeah. And then inform yourself about, um, about the area that you go and swim. In the north, we have just like, uh, like the fire jelly, Ziania, which might hurt, but they appear relatively late in summer. So you might not really much encounter them. And the other, like the moon jelly, is just a really nice one that you can also mm. play with. But if you go to the south, like in Mediterranean areas on the African coast, then you have to really inform yourself about the species that is around. Yeah. So pee does not work. On Might the, not yeah. work. <laughs> Perfect. Well, that's a myth that is busted now. <laughs> I've also seen that you are coordinating some research ship expeditions. Yes. Can you tell us more about it? Because it seems quite the adventure. And that was for the first time that we targeted only jellyfish species around Denmark. So we moved from Elbe, from Germany, Wilhelmshaven and then took samples around Denmark, like in the north, coming through Linfjord and down to Ketaminum, down to Kiel. That was a really cool cruise plan to sample not only for jellyfish and other planktonic animals, but also understanding whether we have a high level of plastic pollution. This expedition was to understand the diversity of jellyfish, but also the problem involving micro and nanoplastic contamination. We just collected data, but we are going to have a look to them later. Okay, and how long was it? It took us, we planned for two weeks, but we were faster than 14 days and we came after 10 days back. Okay, and how was the life on board? Oh, that was great. That was one of my best expedition ever. The team worked together very well. The main coordinator uh, was the German Institute for Biodiversity, Senckenberg and Meer. We appreciate their support for our scientific plan that everything went well and weather as well. The first two days were really shaking and not nice to work on board, but the rest of the week was just amazing. 
what are the challenges to live with those people for two weeks? I guess you'll get used to it after 20 years, but maybe the first times. Exactly. You come on board and then you have to, you know, get friends immediately <laughs> with the rest of crew and also scientists. It's not. And the ship was not so big to say, OK, the scientific members are working together. The ship was a middle, medium sized ship where you should work together with crew very well to understand, OK, when the net should go down, when it comes off. The communication is the key in that kind of cruises. And you also work sometimes with marine stations. What are they and what's the difference with respect to going to the sea or other labs? We are working at Ketamine Marine Lab. Mm -hmm. um, I'm trying to build my group. I'm also new to Denmark. So once we get a group together, I wish to establish a time series. Working near the sea gives you the opportunity to look at changes over years and then establish a program just to sample from one single spot, but look at differences and anomalies that might also encounter. I had it in Kiel when I was working there for around 18 years. Now I wish to establish the same program here in Denmark. Okay. When did you arrive here? I uh, started in January 2019. Uh, corona changed a lot, so I was True. not uh, very available. So yeah, actually we're about to reach the end of our episode, but there is one question that we ask all our guests, which is, do you have a life hack that you want to share with our listeners? Oh God. Yeah, I think the word is water. I think by looking at what we have around, just screaming and seeing what is around, it gives you an impression of uh, what is worthy for your life. And uh, sometimes to take it with when you are stressed because we are we're working more than what we got paid. It's not a secret, but we work with passion. Working as a marine biologist is the hack. So it is the philosophy of my life and the happiness to work with marine system as a marine biologist. Uh, come and visit me if you are stressed. <laughs> I can show you some amazing pictures. Yeah, sounds great. Thank well, you. thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you for your invitation. I really enjoyed the interview. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. This podcast was brought to you by Merit Student Media. Don't forget to check our website and social media. And don't hesitate to contact us if you have any ideas of topics or guests that we might invite. See you next week. <laughs>